So when we start viewing people the way that God views us and the way that God views people, so much so that he put on human flesh and dwelt among us, then I think we'll start understanding, we'll start seeing justice, we'll start seeing equity begin to be infused in our culture. And that starts with believers, or it should be at least. Yeah, no, it has to be. And But the, the thing about it is like, for so long it hasn't. For mm-hmm. so long the church as a whole has been on the wrong side. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Floor Mike Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Um, today is going to be a little bit different. You know, usually we have uh, our guests on to to kind of share their story, talk about like where they're at in life, you know, what what they're doing. Um, and a lot of the times we like to have we like to have couples on and kind of share share together. But today um, our conversation is going to look a little bit different. Uh, in light of uh, some recent events, and I even hesitate to really say recent events because really what we're going to talk about today isn't just a recent issue. Uh, it's an issue that has been plaguing our country for a really long time. Um, I'm sure most of you uh, hearing what I'm saying right now, you, you know what we're going to talk about today. Today, we're going to be talking about racial injustice, um, specifically the racial injustice that the black community uh, in our country has been facing. And, uh, you know, in light of events like the George Floyd murder and the Ahmaud Arbery murder, you know, it's just one thing after another that, that is shining light on the fact that this is an issue. This is a legitimate issue and we cannot turn our, our face from this any longer. Um, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest. It's, it's one of those things that as I've had time to reflect over the last week or so, I've just been really convicted about the fact that I just have not been a part of this conversation nearly like I need to be, especially as somebody who who waves the banner of Jesus and who who claims to be a follower of Jesus. I just I haven't been in this conversation like I need to. And so I say all that to say, um, I'm, I'm talking a lot and I don't want this episode to be about me, but another white guy talking about race. <laughs> <laughs> and for anybody who doesn't know who that is, our guest today is my friend, Kyle Gunn. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us today. A pleasure. So Kyle, uh, is a member of our church, Greenhouse, for those of you who, uh, who don't know what church we go to. And uh, Kyle is also a part of my house church. And so, um, I hope you know that we would not have a white person on here to talk about uh, the issues that are happening right now. And so with that being said, Kyle is a black man. Yes. Uh, and His only black friend. That, <laughs> not true, but also not entirely far from from the truth. Um, you know, one of those things, like I said, where, you know, I just kind of I, I think it's I think it's easy um Maybe not easy, but I think for me, I've just been like, man, my immediate context has not been, has not involved largely the black community. And that's just something that, like I said, has been uh, just convicting. And uh, I think Kyle, what we're going to talk about today, he's going to, he's just going to help me and and everybody who's listening to just understand this conversation a little bit more, to wrap our heads around it and really to figure out how do we get more involved and not only how we do, how do we get more involved? Cause it's, it's not just about getting involved so that we say we can get involved. You know, Kyle and I, we talked about this, like, you know, it's not about a hashtag. Posting so on social media 
because you're either feel shame that you have to post so that people don't ridicule you um, or just getting behind a hashtag because it's the latest thing to do. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot more than that. And so I think that one of the only ways that we can actually get there is engaging in conversations with those who have actually experienced this and Mm -hmm. opening our hearts up and, and honestly, not even just opening our hearts up, but asking God to open our hearts up so that we can feel so that we can be empathetic, not just Mm -hmm. sympathetic so that we can actually, you know, be like, wow, I understand. I hear, Mm -hmm. I understand. And I'm, and I'm coming alongside you, not just like how I said, not just a social media post. And so, um, all that to say, you know, you guys know that our podcast is a podcast that's about giving the mic to people to share the story that they have, because we wholeheartedly believe that everyone has something within them. Everyone has a story to share based on the experiences of their life. And I just think we would be doing a huge disservice if we didn't take advantage of, uh, just, this time in our, in history right now to, to get involved in this conversation and to, to use it, to, to educate ourselves, to educate people who don't know about it. So, um, all that to say, I'm going to hand it over to Kyle. Uh, Kyle, if you don't mind kind of just Mm -hmm. introducing yourself a little bit, uh, kind of who you are, kind of share, you know, some of your experiences and, uh, kind of get the ball rolling on this conversation and, uh, just see where it goes. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much josh for having me on first like i'm humbled and honored that you would ask me to be here to talk about um different issues that are not necessarily comfortable for you or not necessarily in your immediate context but being willing to say hey i don't know enough about this so instead of just spouting off or talking about or saying something that sounds catchy and people think oh he's super woke um rather inviting someone on whose context may be a little bit more aligned to it. Um, and that's where, where I come in because, you know, obviously I'm a black person. Uh, <laughs> I've been one for nearly all my life. <laughs> nearly, nearly all your <laughs> nearly life. Nearly all. Like, <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's not entirely false because as I talk about my experiences, one of the experiences I'm going to sh- talk about is when I knew I was different. Mm. So... Um, and that was probably a watershed moment in my life that we'll talk about. And then another thing I want to kind of bring up is that this conversation, people always want to have these conversations. And I, and I like to tell people, like, this is an ongoing conversation. It mm-hmm. doesn't just mean just because we talked and we hashed it out. And, you know, now that you can raise your fist and you're down with the brown or you can do the Wakandan salute. But, like, it's more than that. It's It's ongoing. Like, we need to have more conversations because mm-hmm. it just doesn't. And was just one little fireside chat, you know, if you right. know what I mean. Um, so a little bit about myself, you know, my name is Kyle Gunn. Um, I am married. I'm married to uh, a white woman. And we've had a lot of conversations about different things that she wasn't aware of getting married, you know, to a black man. You know, the biggest thing was she didn't know was that she should have lotion on her at all times, <laughs> especially during the wintertime, because I get ashy. She didn't know this. So, I mean, that was almost a, a That's number break. one, guys. That's the thing that Kyle's leading one. with. Yes. <laughs> so, if you do not get anything from this podcast, that is the Get some lotion. <laughs> yeah. um, but Jeez. in all seriousness, so this conversation is going to have, it's going to be sober. It, we're going to have, you know, terms that we talk about, white, black, racial issues mm. um, that 
some of you may feel uncomfortable. Some of you may feel called out. Some of you may go back to the, the phrases that you're used to, like, well, I'm not racist. Um, and I, and I don't doubt that, but it's, it's a conversation we need, we need to have. Mm. And, and I think because of what happened, we're seeing more of it starting to happen. Um, uh, and like I said, so about me, so going back to, I said, when I knew I was different, that happened in 1991. Okay. 1991 is, is a year I will always remember. It was about six or seven. And it was when Rodney, the beating of Rodney King. Okay. Um, and I remember wondering what was happening. It was one of the first times police brutality was, was caught on film. And it was aired on the nightly news. Hmm. So these cops brutally beat this black man. And I remember watching it and not understanding why, why he was being beaten. And, and he kept getting up. Like in the video footage, like you can go on YouTube and watch it still. All right. They would beat him, and then he would keep standing up. They would beat him down. He would keep standing up. And I, and I remember saying, like, Mom, why doesn't he just stay down? And my mom looked at me and said, Honey, it wouldn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, it didn't, I didn't really understand. I didn't know what was going on. But all I knew was it was, like, this isn't right. And I think that was a moment when justice became, like, such a key principle in my life because I knew intrinsically without having been told that that wasn't right. There's something wrong. And that's also when I knew I was different because I looked like Rodney King. I was black and those cops that were beating him, those officers were white. And that was the only thing I could think of or put together is like the reason they're doing that is because he's black. Um, which kind of leads into another, another moment. Like, so I was seven. I came to know the Lord when I was five. Like God saved me when I was five years old. And Growing up in the Christian church and the Christian community, largely the language we use when we talk about sin and evil is black. So growing up, I attributed sin and evil to me, like my skin. Like I was the one who was black. And and I don't think it's purposeful, like, ooh, black people are the definition of sin. But that's what it comes across as to a little boy who doesn't Mm -hmm. really know. Um, So that was was kind of another thing. So these are kind of my, my experiences Growing up, so that, you know, five getting saved, hearing these, these the language used for for sin, black and evil and dark, and um, Rodney King being beat when I was seven years old, and then you know, as I grew up, um, you know, I was homeschooled from second to ninth grade, um, and then I went to a public high school. It was largely diverse. Um, didn't really have any bad experiences. Like I had good experiences, but in high school, what's something that you learn to do? You learn to drive. You get to your driver's license. Yeah. And that is when I had what people may know as the black talk, which if you're not familiar with it, the black talk is usually or primarily a father telling his son what to do when he gets stopped by the police, how to conduct yourself, how to answer, keep your hands at 10 and 2, yes, sir, yes, officer, don't make any sudden moves, announce what you're going to do before you do it. Um... So all these things I'm rattling off because it's like second nature, because that talk never leaves you. And I remember, like, I'm a guy who jokes. Like, we had a joke, you know, a black joke early on in in the segment. But I remember I was laughing and fooling around. My dad looked at me and said, son, I'm trying to keep you alive. And I was like, oh, this is is serious. I should pay attention. I should listen. Um, And 
because of that, I grew up actually not wanting to have a son because, and that's hard to say because I didn't want him to have, I didn't want to have to have these talks with him. Mm. And I honestly thought it would be done by now. Right. And people, people, many people don't know this. I have a, a little girl and she's two years old, but I have a son on the way. Mm. Going to be born in September. And my first emotion was fear instead of like being proud. It's because I knew what, what had happened to me versus, you know, what my counterparts, my white brothers and sisters did. I mean, they don't have to worry about this at all. Yeah, I mean, it, I've it, never heard of like... I, I hadn't even heard of like the you know the black talk like that mm-hmm. being a thing you know that's yeah. obviously hasn't was never something that's on my radar like for me it was just like the driving technique it was mm-hmm. never if you yeah. get pulled over I you know? I guarantee if you ask a random black person maybe we should have a segment called ask a random black person but <laughs> if you ask a random black person <laughs> what is the street. black talk they everyone knows exactly what that means and so I had that talk which led to me not really wanting to have a to have a son mm. which you know god has worked on my heart about you know what fear and different things like that um and then i went to a christian college which was predominantly white so i know how to navigate in in white circles just how you are comfortable in your your friend group is primarily white i know how to navigate those circles because i had to and one of the things as a black man that you learn to do is how to seem non-threatening, mm-hmm. how to seem, how to appease people, how to put people at ease so they don't see you as a threat. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes your skin is is a threat. The color of your skin is a threat. You know, police officers said, well, I feared for my life. I feared. You hear that all the time. And it's like the only thing you feared was the color of his skin. Um, so those are kind of the experiences that I've let, left marks in my life that I can look back to as if they just happened. Mm -hmm. And I can, I know how to, you know, just kind of rattle off like, you know, the black talk, Um, you know, 1991, that was significant for me. Um, And then there's other things that kind of I've experienced with my wife that she didn't experience, but that she saw and it kind of opened her eyes. And I'll I'll tell this example. Um, uh, so my wife and I, we, we tend, we're kind of bougie, right? So we like, we yeah, like. look at yeah. his daughter when she comes around. She is always the best dressed one, no matter where they're at. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, so we're bougie. We like to shop at the North Face. Please do not cancel North Face and be like, oh, let's boycott North Face. No, not all because I want to shop there still. Anyway, so we're in this store, right? And my wife and I, and... We're, we're walking. I have my North Face jacket on, and I've worked retail a number of years. So we walk in, we're shopping, looking around, and I already know the dude that's, like, pretending to straighten up the clothes as he's following me. <laughs> like, I already know this. Like, so, and it doesn't, I don't pay any mind. It just rolls off, mm. you know, like a duck on the water, but whatever that phrase is, it, it rolls off me. And we get up to the checkout line, like, we're, Behind people get up to the checkout line. My wife buys whatever she's going to buy. And the cashier looks at me and said, did you buy that coat? And in my head, I was like, oh, goodness. Like, this poor guy. And Meaning the one that you yeah, had on. The one I had on. The one I walked into the store on. He asked <laughs> me if I bought it. And my wife is, like, getting mad. Yeah. And to me, I wasn't going to, you know, because this happens more often than anything. To yeah. me, I was gonna say, and I just calmly said, "Sir, 
I walked in with this coat. Yeah, if you want to go look at the, the footage, you can rewind and see I walked in with this coat. This is my shop here all the time. And my wife is like, how come you didn't ask that to any of the other people that checked out, but you asked my husband that? And I'm like, babe, babe, calm down. Um, so we walk out of store, and she's, like, visibly angry. My wife doesn't really get angry like that a whole lot, but she's visibly visibly angry. She's turning red because she's white. I don't really turn red, but anyway, she's turning red because <laughs> she's angry. And I'm and I look at her and I'm I was like, babe, this is your first experience of racial profiling. This happens to me so often that I don't even think about it, mm-hmm. you know. And to me, when that situation happens, I feel pity for that guy. Not anger because he doesn't know he doesn't know me. He's just operating out of a context of what he thinks happens. And me working retail, I wanted to tell him, like, don't you know the demographic that steals the most is actually middle-aged white women with kids? Mm. Because they use their kids as a distraction and then you just steal under your nose. So while you're trailing the black guy, like hundreds of dollars are being stolen. Mm. But I you know, I didn't. And so I think for her that was kind of like the beginning of her understanding being black in America. Um, and would you say, would you say like your response in that scenario, for example, you know, like obviously uh, Lucy got angry and I'm sure there was a part of you that was, you know, there's mm-hmm. anger there. Now there's, it sounds like there's also a part that's like almost numb to it because it had yeah. happened so often before. Mm-hmm. But like, would you say, was that, was that fear of kind of going back to what you said about like with your dad, like the black talk, just that, that idea and, and that reality in your life, do you feel like that that fear is kind of what what kept you from saying like, yeah, why didn't why did you ask just me? Or, mm-hmm. you know, do you think like do you think that's what drove that? Or do you think it was like truly just, man, I don't I just don't have this conversation? Or was it if mm-hmm. I have this conversation, it is not going to turn out well for me? Not not that I would say it was more I'm numb to it. Mm-hmm. One. Two at that point, it's not worth it to me. Right. Um, and and three, I think there's a level that because my Christian faith plays a large role in my responses. Mm-hmm. So I could turn into the stereotypical angry black man and start filming and, you know, and all this, which that has its place. But my response is largely predicated on, you know, who... I belong to, which is Christ. So mm-hmm. that's that's how I responded to that one. Okay. Um, and so in things that like you may take for granted, which that's that's not bad. That's not wrong. It's just what it is. Like you take for granted, like a busted tail out driving at night terrifies me. Yeah. Like I have friends at work and we and we joke about it. Like a, a coworker of mine, he was like, "Oh man, I left my wallet at home," and I'm like, "You did what?" Like, not having your wallet when you're driving terrifies me because they won't believe me. You know, you can just say, well, officer, I'm sorry, I left my wallet at home. Okay, run along, chap. You know, but for me, like, it doesn't happen like that. The car is either stolen, whose car are you driving, you know, and it it, it terrifies me. Just simple things like that. Um, And, I mean, the taillight thing, mm -hmm. to be honest with you, like, this sounds really bad, hopefully – Nobody who's a law enforcement officer is listening. Not that they really <laughs> do anything about this at this point, but we act. I actually had my taillight out for so long. When I say like it was out, like it was out for like almost a year, mm-hmm. and it almost got to this point where it was like almost like this game of like, mm-hmm. is anyone going to stop me eventually? But mm-hmm. like, what you I say that to say like what you just said 
you're right. Mm-hmm. Not a thought at all in right. my mind. Like, no, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done that for as long as I did right. if that was a reality in my life. But it wasn't a reality in my mm-hmm. life, so I just, you know, didn't think any, anything of it. So I mean, we're only, we're only, what are we like, fifteen minutes in, and literally everything you've said mm-hmm. has been, you know, and right. we, we joke about it, but like everything mm-hmm. you've said has been, I can't relate to that. I am not able to relate to that, and it's like it does it. It's bring, you know, it's it continues to bring me to a point where I'm just like. I have been so ignorant. Mm-hmm. I have been so ignorant to all of these things. And, and like, I, I'm not going to spend right. the rest of the time. I don't want to sit here and just mm-hmm. you know take up our time by like apologizing or anything like that. But man, like it is true. I think our experiences are just so vastly different. Right. And we have to recognize mm-hmm. that. And I haven't had, you know, fortunately I haven't had like really bad run-ins with, with police officers. I, I haven't, which is, which is good, but I know plenty of people who do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and here's another you know here's another trick that the black community, a lot of black people community know about. So when I had a family, I was actually relieved that I can put a car seat in the back of my car. So if I do get stopped, that police officer hopefully sees me as a family man as opposed to a thug. Mm-hmm. So a car seat is not just to keep my baby safe, but it's also to keep me safe. So it it plays a dual purpose for me having a car seat in my vehicle. And, and another thing is, too, I remember, uh, I think I was speeding, and we did get pulled over, and I, and I looked at my wife, and just, you know, how I joked, and I was like, oh, I'm so glad you're here with me, because you're white. And, and we just talked about it, and she was like, she, had, she was like, what? Why would you think that? Um, but that's just because I have, it's like, I have someone, oh, he's going to believe me now. Right. Because she's here with me, right. which and you're like, that's not how it's supposed right. to be. Not, you're probably thinking like, why is it are. like this? Why is it not supposed to be like right. that? Um, and we can kind of talk about a little bit like why is it and start kind of broaching into, you know, the main topic of, of justice. Um, because, you know, we talked about our experiences. We know what the, the recent event is. So um, when we say justice, like that term is is loaded Mm. what because people think it means different things or to them it means different things um as like for me i picked it up as an early age so it's it's really crucial and key in my life yeah but a lot of things come to mind so like justice like i think of the justice league you know marvel dc comics um or you think of lady justice um justice is blind um and then you had a definition of what you you thought justice was yeah, mine was more of a not necessarily off the top of the head, off the cuff thing, mm-hmm. but I kind of gave it a little bit of thought. But, you know, I guess the, the definition that I had given justice, uh, you know, based on what I feel like God's word said about, says about it is mm-hmm. the purging of the unrighteous from the righteous. So and then, and then that ties back to what I believe the definition of righteousness is, which is the state of him who is such as he ought to be. I think it was... Uh, is it Joseph Henry Thayer? Does that name ring a bell? Yeah, I feel like to you, you yeah, mm-hmm. um, you would know that. He's he's the guy that wrote the Greek lexicon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yep. I, I actually I gave a sermon on this a couple of months ago, but it was it, the state of him who is such as he ought to be. And so basically mm-hmm. what that means then is that the purging, because I think that when I think of the term justice, I do think there's kind of an aggressive mm-hmm. aspect to that. Like God's not like this passive it's not this passive justice, like where he leaves it to us to right. to, to provide justice. Mm-hmm. Like he himself 
is a God who, you know, you mentioned this before we sat down to do the episode, but like he's a God who he took it upon himself to come and and take action in order to provide justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I use that term purge because I think there is that, that aggressive kind right. of action taking side. So basically then it is taking what is not, what should not be, what ought not to be and removing it from what ought to be. Right. And what you mentioned at the beginning was, I think we intrinsically know what that is. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm okay with using like a really broad definition, like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the state of him who is such as he right. ought to be. Like, I think we honestly, at our core, mm-hmm. I feel like our conscience does tell us the way mm-hmm. things should be and should not be. Yeah. So mm-hmm. enough of, enough of yeah. me talking. So, I'll probably go on for days I mean, about you're, that. You're absolutely right. I think deep down, people know when something is just and when something is unjust. Um, and I think that has been put largely upon humanity from God because it bears a marker of, of who he is. Um, but yeah, so justice can be just as simple as being impartial or fair or, or rightness, you know, conforming to truth, fact, reason, and injustice is the opposite of that. Mm. But I think justice also bears a more personal of wanting to right that which is wrong. Mm. Um, and when we think about our society and what has recently happened, so let's just, just say what happened. So um, George Floyd, 46-year-old black male, was slowly and deliberately murdered by, I think, Derek Chauvin, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you can go on YouTube right now and watch a live, you can watch a murder. Yeah. You can it's, it's watch right. someone dying. Yeah. And it's not it's not a green screen, it's not actors, it's not a parody show. Like this guy was suffered and died and it was filmed and recently it has caused such an uproar and then the fallout and the backlash to that and the social media campaigns. And right now we're doing this on what is called Blackout Tuesday. So yeah. right now, yeah. like you're probably this is probably gonna air a couple days later, but if you scrolled through like Instagram pages, Facebook pages are black um, to stand for, you know, I'm, I'm get, I got, got lost in a translation. I think it's to stop violence, to, to stand up for Black Lives Matter. Um, but there's so much going on right now. Um, and the reason we're on this, with this podcast is to kind of say, OK, then. So how then should we live? How then shall we live? What do we do as believers or what do we do as Christians? What do I do as a black man? What do I do as a white person? Um, and everyone in between. And, you know, me being Kyle Gunn, I don't have the answers for every single person. But I do know what the scripture says. Um, and I do know what is happening in recent events. And when we, gotta, when we think about the response from the church, it just seems time and time again that we have abdicated our responsibility to fight for social justice. And that those two words, even some people may hear that word as, as Christians and say, those two words shouldn't be together. Because you mean social justice. Social justice. Okay. Because the world has hijacked that phrase and twisted it to something you can't really, you know, see or understand. But social justice, I believe, is lar- it's all throughout scripture. Yeah. You know, we'll get through that, but it's all throughout scripture. Um and I, I, I want to stop right there mm-hmm. just for a second to talk about something that I had mentioned before we jumped on tonight, which is 
you know, I know I have been guilty of when I hear the term mm-hmm. social justice, um, you know, I, I know that a lot of people that listen to our podcast are, 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 are Christians. And so they mm-hmm. probably know some of the language that I'm going to use. But for anybody that doesn't, I'll, I'll just make sure to break it down mm-hmm. um, in a little bit more understandable terms. So a lot in, in a lot of Christian circles, something that you hear said a lot is people will say, oh, well, that's not my gifting, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to sharing your faith, evangelism, mm-hmm. when it comes to whatever the case may be, yeah. things that are really just in a matter of obedience, we will say, well, we that's not it, my gifting. Yeah, we make it more of like someone's called to do something, so we necessarily don't have to do it. Yes, yes, exactly. So because somebody else has kind of picked up the slack here, like it's kind of this idea that's like, well, that's great for them. I'm glad they're doing that. And so that's, I, I, I've been guilty of when it comes to social justice, like, I think I've had thought patterns that are like that, that are like, you know, I know that there's, it's so great that there's people that have dedicated their life and give their time and give their efforts to these social justice movements. You know, that's great for them. But, you know, I I have something else I'm supposed to do as though, Mm -hmm. just like you said, like as though I'm absolved from, from being a part of that when, especially after Kyle gave me his notes for today, like pages after pages after pages of the places in the scriptures that we see a call to, to basically like be there for the oppressed, to mm-hmm. to to get rid of oppression where you see it, to to seek justice, to to to, mm-hmm. to love mercy, and all of that, you know. And so I say all that to say, you know, we can't mm-hmm. think about it in those terms. Right. We can't think about it like that's something that's somebody else's responsibility. And mm-hmm. I think that's what you know. That's why I'm mm-hmm. I'm so glad Kyle has been willing to come on and share this because he's somebody that I know understands that well. Because I didn't, to be honest. I didn't just ask Kyle to come on this podcast because he's an African-American man who has, uh, who has experienced the things that, you know, are being put in the conversation right now. Like I know Mm -hmm. that Kyle is a person who has, who has, who has been a big advocate of justice and has Mm -hmm. like, you know, would even call himself like, I'm a justice guy. Like he's been that for a long time. Like ever since I've known him, which hasn't been a super long time. It's been a couple of years, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, we have the floor mic at our church. Like Kyle has gone up there and shared on countless occasions about this idea of justice. And so I just say all that to say, like, you know, that's, this is not the only reason that Kyle's on here, but it's because he is extremely not, not only knowledgeable, but also passionately behind what we're talking mm-hmm. about right now. So just yeah. wanted to say that before we moved on. And every episode I'll be on from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will have, <laughs> we will somehow incorporate Kyle. As Kyle would say, um, <laughs> But kind of going back to what's happening like now and why it's super relevant. And we kind of joked earlier about hopefully like 50 years out of the road where, you know, like our kids and grandkids are, what, are listening to this. They're going to be like, why are they talking about racial injustice? What's that? Like, mm-hmm. hopefully it's like it's done. Um, yeah. But when we think about like this is not what happened to um, George Floyd is not a one off. Like, this is not new for me. And it's almost like. You know, where have you been in this conversation this whole time? Mm. You know, and I say that, and that may be hard to hear, but, you know, to, like, my white brothers and sisters, it's like, we've been saying this for years. Like, this already happened with Ahmaud Arbery. This happened this year. This happened with Breonna Taylor. You know, this happened with um, uh, Botham John, you know, and... Tamir Wright, there's so many names that this has happened to, and each time they they became a hashtag and then forgotten, hashtag and then forgotten, mm-hmm. and and for largely those in the black community, has been, this is what we've been saying, and 
now what I hope and now what we hope is that instead of just waiting for a murder to happen, hopefully we will be believed when we say, hey, this is happening. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that we want um, what to happen. So it's kind of like, so how how does my faith influence my response? Because honestly, we talked a little about that. It's been a battle of how I respond, because on the one hand, I know how Christ would respond. I know what Jesus would say. I know what Jesus would do. But on the other hand, you know, it, I'm angry because it's like this didn't have to happen. And how many more George Floyds are we going to have? I don't want another George Floyd. Um, and you can see the back and forth on social media. Like you can see if you don't post something. Mm-hmm. Which, oh, I see my friends who aren't posting. I remember right. those who do post. Right. It's like, why did you post, you know, a bar graph on black on black crime? Like we get it. And then people saying, saying all lives matter is like your house burning. And then saying, well, what about my house? But this house is the one that's burning. You know, like, um, so all these things are, are happening. And what I want to do is like get down to a level where we're actually communicating instead of talking over each other mm. on comments and likes and retweets and reshares. Mm. Um, so I don't know if it's, it's all right with you. Let's kind of go through a little bit of scripture. Like, yeah. So the word of God is saturated with themes of justice. Um, you cannot reach scripture and believe that God is silent on justice and on how his children should act. Um, Just so we know, there are over eight pages that Kyle yeah. gave me of verses. <laughs> with, of verses and and see, here's the thing. That's not even exhaustive. Right, like that was right. just like the the main ones. And like, so along with like being a, a justice guy, I tend to be an Old Testament guy too. So there's a lot in Old Testament. So, um, those of us who are believers will automatically understand when I said I'm going to read some of these David Platt style. So just reading and reading, reading. <laughs> we're not going to do the whole, style. yeah, secret church style. We're not going <laughs> to do the whole thing, but there's, when you read it like that quickly or just going through it, the theme just keeps popping out at you. So, you know, Proverbs 21 5, when justice is done, it is a joy to the righteous, but terror to the evil, terror to the evildoer. Amos 5, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Isaiah 117, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. So stop right there. This is something that is, this isn't, oh, these are all action verbs. Mm-hmm. Learn to do good, seek justice, correct, like you just mm-hmm. can't post a hashtag. You've got to actually do something about it. Bring justice to the fatherless. Isaiah thirty eighteen. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. Therefore, He exalts Himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord, the for the Lord is a God of justice. I mean, we can stop right there. Yeah. Blessed are all those who wait for Him. And then this one, Micah six eight. This is the one that you know. This is a paramount verse. He has told you, O man, what is good and what the Lord does require of you. So, like He's told us already. And then He says, Okay, I'll tell you again. Yeah. Uh, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk calmly with your with your God, it's not just uh, he doesn't say to love justice and do kindness, right. but to do justice and yeah. to love kindness. And we're all and we know love is an action. Love is not just a feeling because right. God loved the world so much that he did what he gave his only son, right. which that in and of itself is an injustice. And we could talk about that, right. too. What's the verse that says, like, I think it's I think it's like first John where it says, don't don't. Basically, don't just love with your tongue. 
Oh, the, um, uh, in word or deed or yeah. So, I mean, something basically it says like you yeah. know, just like you said, it doesn't. Or say, we can say don't be here as a word only in, in not doers. doers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, oh, here's a here's a good here's a good one. Psalm one hundred six three. Blessed are those who observe justice, who do righteous at all times. Um, Proverbs twenty eight five. Evil men do not understand justice. We make, we can say that about the police officer, but those who seek the Lord understand it completely. Mm. Um, Leviticus nineteen. You shall not do injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. But in righteousness, you shall judge your neighbor. Um, let's see. There's I mean, there's so many more. Uh, Psalm 35, he loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of steadfast love of the Lord. Um, Deuteronomy 16, 20, justice and only justice you shall follow, that you may live and inherit the land that the Lord has given you. Proverbs 21, 3, to do righteous and justice more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Mm, yeah. So what's more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice? To do righteousness and justice. And then in that Psalm 33, one of the things I noticed was, it says he lo- he loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. In that verse, you see the parallel of mm-hmm. justice and the love of God. Like it, it in that verse, you see these are basically one and the same. The justice right. of God is the love of God. It's not separate mm-hmm. from the love of God. And even yeah. you know, even when you think about it, I guess in terms of the gospel, like God's justice of sin doesn't like it's not mutually exclusive from His mm-hmm. love. You know, and I mm-hmm. think it's the same with they're intrinsically. Tied together, um, Matthew, uh, no Isaiah fifty six one says, "Thus says the Lord: Keep justice and do righteousness, for soon my salvation will come and my deliverance review revealed." This is a good one too. Uh, Matthew uh, twenty three twenty three: Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law." Justice and mercy and faithfulness. And then Jesus says, these you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So you can tithe the mint and the deal and the cumin. We're not going to do a word study of what that means, but you could do that. But you can't neglect these other things of justice and mercy and, and faithfulness. Um, and when, he, when we talk about the Pharisees and, and the scribes, he calls them hypocrites. And the thing about that is we as believers are often the Pharisee. Yes. So he's talking to us. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's oh, there's so many more. Um, I will sing this steadfast love and justice to you, O Lord. I will make music. Psalm 101. Psalm 82. Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Um, Isaiah 61, 8 and 9. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. So we can talk about writing looting. I will faithfully give them their recompense and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their offspring shall be known among the nations and are set in the midst of the people. All who have seen them shall acknowledge them, and they are the offspring the Lord has blessed. Um, it's There's just numerous, numerous verses that we can go on and on. Psalm 994, the king in his might loves justice. You have established equity. We talk about that quite often in, in society. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Job 34, 12, of a truth. God will not do wickedly, and the Almighty will not pervert justice. All of these verses, too, like when you read them, at least as as you've been reading them, and I'm I'm sure there's probably an aspect of mm-hmm. this that's like it's coming from your passion behind it. But even even these verses, you know, take out mm-hmm. take out your the tone of your voice. Like these are these are passionate verses. Like mm-hmm. and the Almighty will not pervert justice. Like to right. me, 
I feel like you can't read that verse in a way that's just like, and the almighty will mm-hmm. not pervert justice. Right. Like, you know, there's like, there's a passion behind these verses. Like God, God, mm-hmm. God's passionately for justice and right. seeks it. Right. Look, look, just to your point, look at Job 8, 3 says, does God pervert justice or does the almighty pervert the right? And, mm-hmm. you know, he's asking those questions like in an incredulous manner, like, well, of course not. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, then neither should you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Leviticus, when the stranger sojourns with you in your land, you shall do him no wrong. You shall treat the so- stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you. So now we're talking about immigration. So there, this is another conversation that we can have. Yeah. Um, but what I want to, what I really want to camp out is you cannot read the scripture without escaping that God is a God of justice. And if he is a God of justice, so his children should be. It is almost inescapable that we are called to act in favor of justice. And when you think about it, are we not the evil ones that shouldn't do not deserve justice? The wicked and the unrighteous, shouldn't we receive what we deserve? Mm. That would be, that's justice, because we are a humanity that have largely rebelled against our creator you know, we are, you know, conceived in sin. We are sinful people. So justice isn't a reconciled relationship with our Heavenly Father. Mm. Um, but the most beautiful thing of it all is that an injustice occurred when an innocent person took the internal punishment for a wicked creation. Like that, that actually happened. That was a real thing that happened. Um, so we, us, the ones called to be believers, should be at the forefront of social justice. And when we talk about that, like, so let's talk about what I mean by, what I mean by social justice, because that is a loaded term and it can mean so many different things. So when, when the world or those who don't, would not subscribe to be Christians or believers use social justice, they immediately think of righting the wrong of the immediate situation. And that's part of it. But that justice is temporal. That's immediate. That's the right here and now. But as a believer, when I talk about justice, it is eternal in nature. Mm. So it is more than just that immediate situation. It is also that person's eternality, their soul, their spirit. Um, so, and that starts with that eternity starts with how do we view each other? How is justice to be served? And it starts with Imago Day, the image God. of God. Mm. So when we start seeing each other, that we bear the image of God. And the reason I'm pausing is I wanted to sink in like the God of the universe deemed it fitting to make a creation that reflects his image. And that's us. And then on top of that, he made us aware of it. Like he let us know that we are image bearers. So if so you see someone who can be, you know, black as midnight, that's an image bearer. And then you see someone, you know, white, you know, as, as a cloud, that's an image bearer. And then you can look at you know, someone from Asia, that's an image bearer. You, all these different cultures, you can see untouched people groups, you know, that still live in, in primitive wave, that what we consider primitive wave, that's an image bearer. So when we start viewing people the way that God views us and the way that God views people, so much so that he put on human flesh and dwelt among us, mm. 
then I think we'll start understanding, we'll start seeing justice, we'll start seeing equity begin to be infused in our culture. And that starts with believers, or it should be at least. Yeah, no, it has to be. And But the, the thing about it is like, for so long it hasn't. For mm-hmm. so long the church as a whole has been on the wrong side. Yeah. You know, and I think because we lose Imago Day, we don't like to, we don't think of it as, Oh, that person bears my image. So even when I'm saying, when I'm, well, I'm not a racist, but it doesn't affect me and, and I'm not going to do anything about it. You're still saying that person doesn't bear the, enough of God's image for me to care. Mm. You know, and that's, that to me, um, just, just floors me. It, it, it boggles my mind. And you can even look at the black community and say, as a whole, um, we kind of embody Christ-like example all the time because we're always called to forgive. Oh, we need to forgive. We have these iconic photos of like the the black people surrounding a cop and protecting them or hugging cops or, you know, doing these like things that it's like, why would they do that? And I do believe it's that intrinsic nature of understanding that that person bears God's image. So that person who is a Klansman, who hates other races, that's an image bearer. You know, and I'm called to see him as such, even though he may not, he may view me as subhuman, you know, that I shouldn't be here. But that's not, that's not how, what my call is. That's not what God, Christ has called us to be. Um, and, and another thing I think that what we need, that can start helping this conversation is that we need to just slow the conversation down, become introspective and just say it, just admit that something is broken with humanity. And we can't fix it. It's like something is wrong. And we and we know it, but with all the noise and distraction, we, we don't want to admit it. We don't want to say it. So, but here is the part of the conversation where it starts to look up. There's, there's hope. It's not just all sober. We can say, yeah, what is wrong? There's something broken and I can't fix it. Because yeah. um, you can think about it and think of it this way. Why? And I love this question. Why, as a black man in America, would I ever be a Christian based on what has been done to, quote, my people throughout history in the name of Christ? Yeah. Why on earth would that happen? Why would I why would I want to subscribe to the, quote, white man? And I have my hands in quotations, but you can't see it's a podcast. <laughs> but like, why would I, quote, serve the white man's God when he has been used to oppress my people for so long? Why? Because, and here's the most beautiful thing, because the gospel is more powerful than anything that man can do to undermine it. Let me say it again. I'm on my TD Jakes. The gospel is more powerful than what man can do to undermine it. Paul says that himself. Nevertheless, Christ is preached. So even through all these atrocities and even through the, you know, what we clamor for, you know, as police brutality, as wrongness that is happening, you know, the gospel still shines through. It is the only thing that breaks down walls that are actively being built to divide people. The only thing that I know. Yeah. So we can have all the pro- progress. We can have all the body cams that we want. We can have all the, the equity. We can take classes. We can have Black Lives Matter, this, that, and the other, but it won't truly make a difference on the eternal side of social justice without understanding that we need to subscribe 
to the doctrine of Christianity. And I don't mean subscribe as in like, oh, I just accept it, but we need to come under the authority of what who God is and how who he has created us to be. Yeah, um, I feel like, you know, it's a it's it's definitely a heart issue. It's mm-hmm. not it's not like you said, you know, you, you we can change things temporarily and mm-hmm. have it not really affect our heart. I mean, just like any, you know, I think of conversations that I've had over the years with people where, you know, let's say they're battling some sort of specific sin, like you can change your behavior in the mm-hmm. moment in order to overcome that. But long term, there's not going to be any sort of right. significant victory over anything mm-hmm. if there's not a change of the heart, which to your point, the gospel is the only thing mm-hmm. that can do that. So I have here um, ambassador of reconciliation. Um, and then we can kind of talk about Okay, you're like, okay, cool, Kyle. Like, I love that you're like super passionate about it, but like, you know, I'm still a white person that hasn't changed. Like, what can I do? Um, so we can kind of talk about that. Mm-hmm. So, Second Corinthians five sixteen through twenty one. I want to read. Um, for now, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. Okay? That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. That is first and foremost. Be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's that injustice I was talking about. Him who knew no sin to be sin for us and take our punishment for our sins. So that to me is is one of the beautiful things about the gospel and is why as a black man that I can still be angry at what is happening to black people. But I also can look at the eternal side of it and realize that fundamentally it won't get better until the brokenness of man is fixed. Mm. And we don't have to do the fixing, thank the Lord, because he has already fixed. He has already provided a way for us through his son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, so like, okay, what can you, practical things that you can do? What, what can you do? One is not, to think of this podcast or any conversation you have as the end all be all. The final say, you're done. You're cured of your latent racism. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> like, this is an ongoing conversation. We talked about that early on. Um, there's this thing that's going around. It's 70 things, 75 things white people can do for racial justice. Google it. And it's a whole list of things that I was reading through. I was like, ooh, maybe I need to start doing this too. Um <laughs> That is is another one. Another thing I do is read literature you aren't familiar with. Read books that you don't normally read and then kind of um, decompress and like talk with someone about it. So a couple Mm -hmm. good books uh, start out with like Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. Uh, I think it's also a movie. movie, It's a movie. Start with the movie if you want to read a movie. Watch the movie. Just Mercy. I just read a book called Stand from the Beginning by Abram X. Kendi. And that one is a really, really good one. Um, a couple of ones by Tanisi Coates are really, are, are really good. But if you Google things I could read, 
you know, about racial justice, these are, these are going to pop up. Um, oh, there's a couple of them that escaped my mind. Um, but also that goes into, okay, you're not a reader. You don't have a whole lot of time. How about watch things you don't normally watch? And the first thing I would say to watch, watch 13th. That is on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's a documentary and it will open your mind about the prison system. Um, I watched it. It, Oh man. There's another one about the Central Park Five. Watch that one. Um, that you don't normally watch. And then watch, watch movies like, like Black Panther. Why was that such a huge success in the black community? Because it showcased something a black excellent that wasn't derogatory. That's, I mean, that's why we liked it because it was, it showed, Hey, this is what black people can do or have done. Um, and then the last thing I, that I say is sit with me in my lament. I've been seeing that all over. And what that really means is just sit with me, sit with someone, you know, um, who is a black person and just listen to listen and hear their heart not to just respond. Mm. So when we talk about, you know, police brutality, in your mind, you shouldn't be like, well, that's anecdotal. Um, But listen, because a whole group of people, a whole community wouldn't continue to say the same things if it wasn't true. Um, And we're seeing more of it, not that it's happening more, but it's just getting filmed. Um, So those are kind of like practical things that that I would say, you know, start with. Um, things that you can do right here and now. And it's okay to post on Facebook. And it's okay not to. I think people need to hear that. It's okay not to post if you don't really, really want to. The thing is, get involved in your community, in your churches, and make, start making change there more than just what Instagram tells you what to post if you do or do not want to post. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's that's all I have. I mean, I could probably talk a whole lot more, be here to the wee hours of the morning. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, this has all been, this has all been so good. And to be honest, like, I know I haven't necessarily asked you this before, but like, I think this should be just like you, you mentioned, I mean, has to be an ongoing conversation. So mm-hmm. today, tonight, cause we're recording this at night, this doesn't have to be the only time that you come on to talk about this or that we have mm-hmm. anybody on to talk about this. You know, we, we, we want to, I mean, come on, like think about the name of our podcast and what our podcast is about is about giving a voice, mm-hmm. giving a platform to somebody that has something to share. Like right. who, who is like the, in the spotlight of, we have something to share right now. Like mm-hmm. exactly what we've talked about tonight. So we by no means, you know, plan for this to be the last time, the only time, you know, we don't want, we don't want this podcast to be, I don't want this podcast, this episode with Kyle to be our, like we talked about earlier, our check bar, our check mm-hmm. box that said, we, we talked about this. So we, we were solved good. racism. Yeah. Yeah. We, we did it. So you can't look back at us mm-hmm. and say that we're racist. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that's not, that's not what, that's not what this was about. So I'm honestly, not only am I anticipate, anticipatory, is that the right word, Kyle? Not it's a word. Anticipatory <laughs> about, you know, what might, what might come. And, and the conversations that are going to start opening up about mm-hmm. this, but you know, I need to hear them. And I want to say something else. Um, you know, you, you guys, you guys hear the way that we're talking about this right now. And, you know, you, you heard some, some lightheartedness and some joking, like, I don't want anybody who's listening to this to think that like any joke that I made or, you know, the times that I laughed that that's like, insensitivity it's just or making like, light of the of the situation yeah not making light like kyle's one of my friends like mm-hmm. and so we have we have somewhat of that relationship where like and kyle mm-hmm. kyle's like a lighthearted guy so 
you know, we we didn't. It was want actually to- pre- pretty tame. Like honestly, there were so many times where I just I could have cracked more jokes out. People been like. <laughs> I don't know if that was right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Should I and, laugh at that? <laughs> exactly. And, and and that's what I'm saying. Like, even especially from, you know, from my standpoint, like, I just don't want that to be taken as, mm-hmm. you know, Josh, Josh thinks this is a big joke because it's not. And, you know, I know, I know that I don't necessarily have to say this, what I'm about to say, but, but as I was sitting here and, spe- and specifically, like the thing that honestly, the thing that honestly, like did the most to me as we sat here and talked was all of those things that you mentioned at the beginning where you said, when I was seven, I experienced this thing. When I was, when I was learning to drive, like this is, these are the thoughts that Mm -hmm. went into my head. When I, all of those things are things that, as you mentioned, like a seven-year-old should never have to think about something like that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, learning how to drive, like that's something that is supposed to be, like you mentioned, like this celebratory thing. Mm -hmm you know, going to the store to get a new, to get like new clothes, like, you know, supposed to be things that are like, oh, that's fun. That's great. Mm-hmm. But then those are turned into negative experiences. Like, I think that's the thing. And hearing those things, hearing that, especially come from a friend of mine who I see often, who mm-hmm. I hang out with, like, like there is a sense of almost like, a, like, I'm sorry that I mm-hmm. haven't, mm-hmm. that I haven't, like, that I've been mm-hmm. ignorant to that. Right. Like, I'm yeah. sorry that Mm-hmm. That that's something that I haven't been in on the conversation on. And mm-hmm. the saddest part about it is like the reason that I haven't is because, and, and, and I know this sounds bad, but I just want to be transparent. Like the, the, the reason that I haven't is because it has, it hasn't affected me yet. Mm-hmm. And that's so often why we don't do a number of the mm-hmm. different things that we, that we, that we probably should do is because mm-hmm. an injustice doesn't directly impact us. And so we're like, well, I'm going to keep on going with my life. I'm mm-hmm. going to keep on moving with my life because this doesn't. But then when you really. Hey, y'all. So uh, we got cut off there at the end. Um, there really wasn't a great place to to piece it together. So you're probably going to hear me get cut off in the middle of what I was saying. Um, but anyway, what I was saying was simply I, I was just stating the sad fact that I think the reason that that many white people, um, and I could say for me, haven't had as much of a voice in this conversation is because it hasn't, it hasn't affected me like Mm -hmm. it's affected people of color, like it's affected the black community. And, you know, this, this is even a question I I guess I could ask you, Kyle, because I've been thinking about it myself. Like, Mm -hmm. why has this one been different? You know, this has happened. Mm -hmm. uh, Like, countless times over the years. I mean, going back, I mean, for me, the one that I kind of go back to like really, really hearing about it and understanding it and knowing it was like, like the Trayvon Martin. Um, right. and it was like 2012 or something yeah. like that, mm-hmm. you know, and then you have Ferguson a couple of years later and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. This isn't the first one, but part of me is asking myself, like, why is this the one that seems to have got my attention? And, right. you know, I know, I think for me, like, I think a big part of it is I've watched some of the other videos, mm-hmm. but this one was to me just more in your face. You heard a man yeah. for, for minutes long. Like, I feel like some of the video clips you watch with others are like just a snapshot. Yeah. And then like, you can't really tell what happened. Like, you know what happened, but you didn't see their face. You didn't hear their voice. You didn't, exactly. but this one was, you saw his face. You saw mm-hmm. this grown man, like crying out for his mother mm-hmm. as this man, like almost joyfully put his knee on his neck, 
cut his breathing off, cut the circulation, blood circulation mm-hmm. to his brain. Like, and so I think that's for me where it was just a more, it was so physically disturbing. And, and so I don't know. I don't know if you've thought about that at all, where it's like, why was it this one? Like, yeah. why, why George Floyd and not any of the others? That's a tough question because it's like we said early, it, we're like, you know, we've been talking about this for quite some time. Like yeah. this is not the first one, but it just seems like something about this one is different because it is, it escaped. You can't explain it away. You can't try to be like, yeah. Well, what were the circumstances? Or because then when you start reading, it was apparently, you know, he bought cigarettes with a fake $20 bill. So does that need, mean that someone dies? So you can't explain it away. And you and the one thing you come back to is like, it just seems like it has to be because he's black, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, I, I, I try to, you can't look away. And it is excruciating to watch it. Yeah. But I, I've been telling people, you must watch it's one of those things you have to right just so you can kind of see what people of color have been saying right what have been you know crying out for you know for hundreds of years right um but and i think so when you watch that the first thing you feel you know you feel horror and just questions of why and as a white person you start feeling guilty, you know, earlier, you know, you, you, you said, I'm sorry for this and that and the other. And my call as a believer and as a black man is like, and this kind of goes against the grain with what a lot of people might say, but you cannot feel guilty for being white because you, you can't not be white. I mean, sure, you can get a tan, <laughs> but we know you're still going to be white. <laughs> um, because like I said, we talked about what, Imago Day, right? So you are an image bearer of Christ, okay? Image bearer of God. You can't feel guilty about your white skin. But it's also like, what then do you do with the apparent privileges that come along with it, okay? Mm-hmm. And and when I, when I say that, is it how then are you going to fight for those who don't have that voice or who are being treated unjustly? The mm-hmm. first thing is to listen and to believe them. Right. Without necessarily having to have a murder video, right? Um, and I think that's largely what made it a little bit different, because it's like it's in your face, right? And you know, and then like the medical examiner was like, "Oh, he didn't really die of asphyxiation," and I'm like, "Yeah, but I can look, watch the video." Yeah, it's like, like what yeah. else was it? <laughs> so um, I, I cut you off. I'm sorry, but no. the, the the thing about that is like, you know, you can't change your skin just like I can't. And the thing when we say Black Lives Matter. The thing is, like, the retort should not be all lives matter. Yeah. Because when I say that, I know all lives matter. But what I'm saying is that I feel black letters don't matter as much. Mm-hmm. And I am an image bearer of, of God just as much as you are, or just as much as a, a white person is. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and, and another thing is that I've kind of learned in this goes back to that book, Stamps from the Beginning, um, which I kind of mentioned in a book to read. He talks about in our society, you will have a white person who has character flaws or defects or commits a heinous crime or something's wrong with that person. When you're white, it's attributed to that person. He's a bad person. Mm. That same issue with the black person, it becomes they are rapists. 
They are lazy. They are thugs. So it's not that one person is accountable for his action. It becomes his race is this, this way. Um, and that largely is what, you know, how racism, racism continues to flourish mm -hmm. because it's almost like we can't escape when someone does something that's high profile. It gets attributed to the entire culture and the entire community. It's like, no, no, just like the flip side is I can't be like all white people are racist because last time I checked, I mean, I mean, you didn't own any slaves, you know, I wasn't owned by a white person. Um, but those things, when you, when we say, okay, we're image bearers, it also means we can't then say, look at Africa or look at the Philippines or look at like any other culture and somehow think you are better than that culture because either you have more wealth status or the color of your skin. That right there is racism. When you think that something is wrong with another race or another people group. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we can, like, we can talk all night about it, about this. Um, and hopefully we're back on because like I said, this is an ongoing conversation. Yeah. So we can talk about more issues or just kind of break down a little bit different. Or even if people have questions yeah. after the follow up, follow up of this, like, oh, I have this question. We can maybe just turn to a Q&A and just, like, answer some questions. You know, and of course, they're going to be kind of based in both of our Christian faith, but right. just answer questions that people might have or that we might think of that people people might have or, you know, what have you. Yeah, yeah. I'm all about that. And, you know, like, you know, we talked about this a couple minutes ago, like, I've planned on having you on for a long time now, mm -hmm. you know, before all of this, before happened. this happened, let it be noted. <laughs> yes. Yes. I <laughs> reached out to Kyle probably like a month and a half mm -hmm. ago or more and was like, Hey man, I want you to be on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, just for, for a number of different reasons, but one of those reasons is just Kyle is probably one of the most, one of the better communicators that I know, um, just can articulate, I think a message really well. Um, also somebody who's very knowledgeable in the scriptures as I'm sure you guys got to see today. Um, so just a lot of, a lot of wisdom there. So, you know, this isn't the only reason why mm -hmm. you know, I mentioned this before, but mm -hmm. this isn't the only reason why I'm having Kyle on right now, but, uh, definitely would love to do more episodes and definitely, I think it could be a fantastic opportunity to do like Q and a stuff, because I think right now, you know, there is a lot of people posting on social media, but it does make me wonder like how many, how many people are actually, and this isn't, this isn't me saying this isn't like throwing this out as a guilt question for, for any other white people, but I'm, and it's not me saying, well, look what I'm doing. That's not why I'm asking this, but I'm, what I am saying is it does make me wonder how many people are actually having the conversations mm -hmm. versus just making the posts. And so mm -hmm. this is a way like, let it be known for anyone who is listening. This is a way for you to ask those questions and to get like a real time response. Um, mm. And I'm not saying that you necessarily have to do that through our podcast. You know, you should right. do that with the people in your life, but uh, I, I do think that that could be beneficial. Mm. So if you guys have thoughts, if you guys have questions, um, send those to us. Uh, you, you guys know our email at the floor mic or not at the floor mic, the floor mic at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, what, one other thing, I want to kind of add. Yeah, sorry, you raising your hand there. It, it, <laughs> raising my hand for the for the people. Um, <laughs> one thing I want to touch on. You asked a question earlier that when we were talking about, you know, what if your context is, 
you know, you live in suburbia. Most of your friends are, you know, are white. Um, you just don't have a lot of diversity in your, your sort of thing. So do you then like actively go out of your way mm-hmm. to make friends with other, you know, people of color just mm-hmm. to say that, Oh, look what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Or do you, are you just merely become aware of it? Mm-hmm. Um, and my answer to that was based on, you know, my Christian faith. So in the biggest example we have is Jesus. So what did Jesus do? He actually left, you know, the heavens in that communion, um, deep communion with God, came to earth, put on human flesh, became a babe, baby dependent on someone else, even though he was fully God, mm-hmm. um, and dwelt among his creation and then died the, the death that we deserve. So I would say, yes, you go out of your way to make those inroads, to have those conversations, even if your immediate circle is would not be, you know, super diverse. Right. So if Christ, if Jesus is our example, we need to, we're, we're Christ followers, we need to follow his example. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that was really good. And when you, when you said that to me earlier, I was like, just didn't really have anything to say. It was one of those <laughs> things I was like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's right. And then not only, on top of that, you know, not only did Jesus leave the comforts of heaven and mm-hmm. the joy of heaven with perfect communion with the Father, but the people that he involved himself with while he was here were the tax collectors, mm-hmm. the sinners, the Samaritans, mm-hmm. the adulteresses. And then on uh, top of that, another layer, he was Jewish, which they were hated and persecuted. Right. So he didn't come and say, ooh, I think I'm going to be Egyptian. Yeah. You know, or, or Roman, or Roman. You know, he became Jewish, and they were persecuted mm. heavily. Right. Um, so it's it's not new. Right. So and like I literally just thought about that. Like that, I've never entertained that idea. Mm-hmm. But when you were talking about who he associated with, and I'm like, well, he himself, you know, was a Jewish person, and that was right. Yeah, under the crazy. especially yeah. the time that he did under mm-hmm. the. Under the heel of of Rome, yeah. you know, just yeah, it's it's true. So, so much man, so definitely. Much. And and like we said, there really is so much there. So we do not want this to be the end of the conversation mm-hmm. on the floor, Mike. I do not want this to be the end of the conversation in Josh Baker's life. Um, and I think Kyle is somebody who who can who can just help us, like who can who can help us, and who is. You know, like I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, somebody who can articulate things very well, explain things very well. And so, you know, I'm going to keep asking him these questions. I'm going to, and I want him to continue to be on. So if you haven't seen the last of Kyle Gunn, <laughs> he will be on again. Um, and also to talk about other things too. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, guys, remember to, to subscribe. That way you guys uh, always get notified whenever we do have new content, especially right now. Um, in, in the midst of uh, the things that are going on. And uh, like I said, if you have any questions, feel free to email us, thefloormike at gmail.com. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And, you know, all I can say is just continue to be a part of the conversation, continue right. to be a part of the solution. Don't let this be one of those things like every other internet trend mm-hmm. where it's it's hot for two or three weeks and then mm-hmm. it kind of just fades off. Don't let it be one of those things where five years down the line, we see another black man mm-hmm. killed by a police officer and we say, oh, wow, remember what we did mm-hmm. back in 2020? 
during mm-hmm. the coronavirus and how it got all this hype, like, just like Kyle said, like about his, about having a son, like he doesn't want to have to explain that again. So mm-hmm. let's be, <clears throat> excuse me, let's be a part of the solution. Let's, let's get rid of the ignorance because at this point, yeah. if there still is ignorance, then there really is a problem. That's if there's still, yeah. <laughs> if there still is ignorance to the fact that this is a reality for hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. and millions of people, I mean, come on, mm-hmm. there's just, there's not really any excuses anymore. Right. So anyway, thanks for tuning in guys, Kyle. Thanks again for coming Thank, on, man. We greatly appreciate me. it. For sure. Till next time, y'all. Mm-hmm.